So it, it's here. Uh, 2020. We're in a new decade. Uh, I'm not going to say Happy New Year because I felt like I've said that relentlessly <laughs> over the last week. like 38 times in the past two hours. <laughs> oh, grief. It's like, and it's like, where do you stop saying Happy New Year? Like, where is the cut-off point? 2nd of January. It's 2nd of January. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Oh, I'd go for midday on the 1st. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Yeah, midday on the first, that works even better. Or the moment I wake up on the first. <laughs> I'm now doing that thing where I catch up with work emails and everyone says Happy New Year. Oh, mm. I'm so, I'm so sorry. I'm guilty of that as well. Yeah, you are that person. What, the one person the, who just the, one, you? just the one person that sends me work emails. You are welcome. I didn't want to out you, but like now you've... <laughs> I outed myself now in you've, Now you've done it with air, so... It's happened. Oh, oh well. Um, Happy New Year, Dan. Happy New Year, Charlie. How are you? Yeah, really well. Really well, thanks. Did you have a good one? Good New Year? Yeah. It's too soon to tell. Fair point. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we're only, what, 12 days too in? Too soon but... to tell. I mean, like, so far it's been fine. Like, I'm still eating like it's Christmas. That's um, where it should be. Yeah, and I'm, I'm writing more. So that's good. You're doing better than me, then. Yes. <laughs> I'm just, like, functioning and caffeinated. That's all right. That's yeah. pretty standard. That's the best way to be. That's what I'm going to swing back round to once, <laughs> once the January period's over. That's it. That's all we need. And we've got the caffeine from the wonderful Be The Change, of course. Yeah, we are back at Be The Change. And we're also delighted to be trying out some of their sweet treats because they've got this like cake connoisseur thing, yeah. which I spotted when we came in like before Christmas and we were just chilling uh, and actually not being podcast people, Yeah. Um, whatever the collective <laughs> term is. We um, do that sometimes. Every now and then, we're not always in podcast mode, ish. Um, but yeah, I found these cake connoisseurs that Be the Change does, and oh my god, I am one click away, literally, from signing up myself. Uh, it's basically you get these exclusive baked goodies delivered to your door. Oh my god! Right, I mean, okay. There are so many things that are right with that. One, home delivery. Yeah. Two, exclusive. Yeah. Three, cake. Yeah. I mean, what more do you want in life? That is life aspiration goals right there. Yeah, that's really what my new year is missing. So, so yeah, that's a good subscription. Instead of having a gym subscription, be a coffee con coffee connoisseur. That's not right. Cake connoisseur. <laughs> I've not had enough coffee. Look, I was going to say the coffee obviously hasn't kicked in yet. Which is He's not even had a swig of his coffee yet, which I'm actually quite looking forward to. Okay, well while you do that, I'm going to do my plug. Uh, go for it. Um, I'm my my like semi nervous plug. Don't be nervous. You're fine. <laughs> um. So. From now, I am the writer in residence at the Swan Theatre, Worcester. Woo! Happy days for me. Um, and on January 18th, um, which is next Saturday, which is disconcertingly close, um, we're doing like a little launch event at Huntington Hall. It's starting at half past six. It's going to run until about half past eight. Which means it'll run until midnight, probably. Yep, yep totally. <laughs> um, but it's a free event, um, and I am going to be talking about the writer in residence role and what I will be doing as part of that role. Um, and I'm also going to be reading a little bit from um, my pamphlet, which comes out two days after. Oh my gosh. Um, so you get yeah, that one quiet. Big weekend. Mm -hmm. um, so Go on a Road Trip is like a short story pamphlet that comes out on the 20th of January. Nice. Um, because it's so close, I'm going give it, to give it a bit of an airing. Um, this is going to be so, awesome. Yeah, there will be opportunities to like network and have a chat with other writers and local artist people. And yeah, it should be, it should be a really, really lovely evening. It's totally free. It's kid friendly, which 
is a bonus, so you don't have to. AKA, you're not for, swearing. Yeah, this I'm time. not swearing. I'm going to can that for the first event, just for the first event. Just for the first um, one. <laughs> but it means that no one has to worry about babysitters and, and all that sort of stuff. Um, so, yeah, so that's happening next Saturday, and I am low key nervous. So, if anyone wants to come along to, to bait that, yay! Yeah, so, so, the TVB team will be there. Um, so, yeah, so it will be lovely, and everyone is welcome. Yeah. So, dear listeners, make sure you get along oh, to second plug hey, second plug Dan's just segued into the second plug um, because Dear Listener which is my open mic night is happening on the 23rd of January which is a Thursday at Boston Tea Party it starts at half six which it never does um, <laughs> it's more like quarter to seven yeah seven quarter to seven seven o'clock but be there for half six because like I always get low key nervous that people aren't coming um, it's three pound entry because we like to feed our poets um, Ruth Stacy is headlining Ooh, very nice she's amazing and she will be reading from her upcoming V Press poetry collection I Ursula which is well said the best title for a book right. ever <laughs> um, so yeah so that's my second plug so come to do listener and meet us and be poetry people with us be poetry peeps because it's, it's a good place it's a very good place and oh, talking of good places and good people guess who we've got sitting right next to us it is the absolute delight that is Aid Cooper good morning Aid. morning I thought you said good people good, yeah. you are good people <laughs> You are. Yeah, you are good people. Dude, every time I see you, you brighten a room up. So, you are a good person. How do I manage that as a grumpy old person? Because you no, managed I... to change the light bulb, that's how. I know people who refer to you as lovely aid. Mm. Have they met? Yeah. Yeah, one of them sitting yeah, right next to you. Legitimately, I, I know people who, who that's how they refer to you. Not aid Cooper, lovely aid. You are an absolute delight, Aidan. We're delighted to have you on the show this morning. I'm oh, blushing now. There's, there's a lot of delight going on. <laughs> it's early in the year. I need to find a new word. Okay, so we're going to pause and crack out a thesaurus before the next segment of the show so we're not just delighted for the next 50 minutes. <laughs> That's a good way to be. It's rather that all sleepy. Can you be both? Delightfully asleep. Oh my god. Sleepily delighted. Sleepily, sleepily delighted. delighted. Yeah. yeah, sleepily delighted works. So we are sleepily delighted that Aid is here. But yeah. I do lovely think to be here. Yeah. In a lovely place. In a, in, lovely, in a lovely place. Um, we are going to go and get coffee. More coffee. And tea. Okay. Yeah, and tea and cake. And then nap. And then we'll be back for... <laughs> and then we'll be back for our, our first bookish conversation of 2020. Oh gosh. I definitely need caffeine for that. <laughs> and I've actually consumed a thesaurus so Ooh. I know it, it had a bit of a bitter taste to it I had to ask either change to get additional chocolate on so I think the fact that you have just described it as having a bitter taste illustrates the fact that you swallowed a thesaurus in it exactly <laughs> <In the interval. laughs> and it wasn't just a delightful experience it, it had a bit of a bitter taste to it it had a bit of a bitter taste but was very passable in terms of its texture and its flavour and those are the longest words I'm going to say today so <laughs> that's me done that is me done <laughs> Two syllable words from here on in, even though syllable is more than two syllables. Uh, anyway. That's fine, we'll start yeah. out. Just start out syllables. I think that makes it. That sounds that sinister. Like, yeah. yeah. That sounded sinister to my ears, so I don't know what. Yeah, I'm getting a Peter Lorre vibe off that. <laughs> well, to be fair, the caffeine is still going through my system, so. Yeah. This is like half asleep slash manic, Danny, so, aka normal. Fair enough. Welcome <laughs> to Tea Biscuits and Books. <laughs> <laughs>
So of course we have Lovely Aid, and that is now your name. I think you should get a name tag of that. <laughs> Lovely Aid, as is his Christian name. Yeah. <laughs> I know baptise you with Lovely Aid. Um, and we're going to talk about all things bookish, all things writing-y, and also throw in a few tea-related questions as well. And Fair enough. And biscuits, don't forget the biscuits. Do not forget the biscuits. Thank you for reminding me. <laughs> it would be me that remembered the biscuits. It would. I'm like food, don't forget the food. <laughs> I mean, food is the most, it's like the staple of how we exist, so. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Good old, good old, nearly said geography then, that's not right. No, it no. really isn't. Good old biology. Yeah. yeah. You can tell I'm having one of those periods where words aren't flowing too well. <laughs> that's fine, it's New Year, that's my dream. Absolutely, still find my way in. Um, so lovely Aid Cooper. Hello. Hello. Um, oh, how to introduce Aid, because he's just an absolutely amazing chap. I love him so much. Um, <laughs> I'm blushing again. Aja, honestly, Aja, you do yourself a disservice. You are one of the nice people. Mm. You are one of the nicest people. I'm going to have to go and hide in the loo in a minute. <laughs> oh, you know where they are? Just down the yeah, just, uh, just over there. God, we're really giving people an insight to be the change yeah. today, aren't we? You get the geography of the place as well. What yeah. more do you want? Yeah, absolutely. We should do it on our Instagram feed, like a live video. Live video. Here we go. Here's where everything is in Be The Change. <laughs> Um, now, Aid, in the interval, forewarned us that he could, in his own words, go on a bit. So, oh, yes. So, uh, I mean, I've got no complaints about that. In fact, I encourage it. Nothing but time. You. Nothing but time. What is time? What it's is... just an abstract concept. Absolutely. We are really getting deep and philosophical. <laughs> we really are. This is not my vision. Because yeah. neither of us are anywhere near awake enough to be yeah. getting deep and philosophical. Can I, can I just say with all this philosophy is making my brain hurt? <laughs> yeah, maybe we should stick to the books. Yeah, I can do that. So, so talking of books, Aid, as mm-hmm. a general bookworm reader type person, yes. do you have a favourite genre that you like to indulge in? All genres. We're not just, you know, restricting it to one. If you have several genres, lay them on us. Okay, the short answer is it varies through time. Um, I think let's look back at my sort of reading history, if we may. Yeah, go for it. Um, now this is going to be going way back into the distant past because I I did a little bit of research and I think I'm actually the oldest person you've had on here so far. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> considerably. Maybe not considerably. But. We're now going back to um, days of black and white TV and only three channels and stuff like that. Wait, that, that was even a thick and I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> What's television? <laughs> <laughs> yes, I still think of it as the wireless one. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, I think I, the books I remember from way back when are... Sort of, they'd be around the fantasy-type yeah. genre. Not... Not so much your, your, your high fantasy, your uh, fud and blunder, uh, but some, you know, generally sort of fantastic tales. So some of the earliest stuff I remember reading, for example, is um, Toby Janssen's uh, Moving Valley books, yes. which I read for first time when I was probably about seven or eight, you know, back at junior school, and I've still got a complete set of them now. So fantasy's been quite important. Um, I do actually like reading poetry as well as writing yes. it. Yes, yeah. I sensed that that was coming. Yeah. <laughs> uh, um, this makes us happy. My poetry yeah. sense started tingling. <laughs> <laughs> Stuff that's on the sort of 
you know, the horror oblique, oblique thriller borders as well. So, um, I've, I've been reading a heck of a lot of sort of Victorian Edwardian ghost stories and things like that recently, uh, and I can go on about those for days probably. Uh, We've got time, haven't we? Yeah. <laughs> I can clear my schedule. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. Um, and there is actually quite a bit of non-fiction stuff that comes in there, uh, as well. Like what? What sort of non-fiction do you read? Because I think that's the first time non-fiction has been mentioned, hasn't yeah, it? Yeah, I don't yeah. know if we've talked about it tons. No, I don't think so either. I think a lot of it oh, is sort of... Yeah. It would have its roots in nature writing. Mm-hmm. Um... But people like, um, don't know if any of you have ever come across uh, Robert McFarlane. Yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, some of his stuff is fantastic. Yeah. Um, sometimes it can take a little bit to actually get into it, get into his headspace, yeah. but it's worth the effort. Okay. That's interesting. Mm. Um, I'm going to swing back to ghost stories because yeah. it's still my heart. <laughs> um, what sort of, like, who have you been reading? Like, what sort of stuff have you been reading for ghost stories? Okay, well, I think most people do know and hopefully love M.R. James. Oh, yeah. yes, there it is. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Edith Nesbitt. Uh, yeah. Better known probably for her children's books these mm. days, Five Children and Nick and the like, but... Yeah. She knew how to write a uh, you know a really good ghost okay. story. Um, e. F. Benson again, probably these days better known for be- uh, stuff yeah. like Map and Lucia, yeah. uh, but again, pretty good. Um, I have actually been trying some of Walter Delamere. Okay. Um, although. I like the short stories short, yeah. and sometimes he goes on almost as much as H.P. Lovecraft. Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> wow. It <laughs> negates the point of even, like, picking up a short story. Because, like, short stories, I'm like, I want something that I can yes. read yeah. and appreciate in one sitting. Absolutely. Yes. It's bite-sized horror. That's Absolutely. the best. Yeah. yeah, definitely. Yeah, completely. Mm-hmm. I think once you get to the point that it takes, like, three days to finish a short story, I'm like, well, that's a novella, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. When, you, when you're mentally yelling, get on with it, at the story, <laughs> but, yeah, okay, let's, let's see, if, let's move on to the next one. Yeah, I don't know whether you've read any of Stephen King's open quote, short stories, close quote. Mm, yeah, that, that's stretching a definition. Yeah, yeah. I, completely. It's like one word under a definition. I'm a big, I'm a big fan of Stephen King, I as you know, but... So much time for Stephen story, King. But but short yeah, no, short stories aren't, yeah. I've got, I've got some novels, you know, sci-fi novels from the 70s that are sh- I think are shorter than some of Stephen yeah. King's short stories. I think it's in um, the Skeleton Key collection. No, no, not Skeleton Key, Skeleton Crew. Oh, Skeleton Crew, yeah. Um, where he, he has some short stories that I, I guess are like from memory, like 20 to 30 pages, but then The Mist is also included in the Skeleton Crew collection, which is like... 180-something pages. So that, yeah. that's a bit of a grey area. Where are we going yeah, to define the short yes. story? I, I remember, so one of the books that I recommended in last month's like recommended reading podcasts was um, The Driver's Seat by Muriel Spark. Yeah. Which I love and adore. 
but that is fewer than 150 pages, like the the whole the yeah. whole novel is. Yeah. So I'm like, so you're writing short stories that are longer than short novels, yes. which yes, yes. <laughs> which causes quite a grey area around. Uh, like genre definition yeah not that everything has to be definable but well, that is true it could like fall into multiple different areas which yeah. I think is the joy of the, the literary world like someone could say oh no this is a horror genre when actually it's probably more crime or thriller yeah. Yeah. which I actually I like books that kind of blend genres together yeah. um, I think that's a really I'll give you trick. What I see as a classic example of that is uh, Conan Doyle and the Sherlock Holmes stories yes everybody absolutely. thinks of them as sort of detective stories but a lot of those are actually borderline horror. Yeah. I mean, if you think about things like The Speckled Band is the one that comes immediately yeah. to mind. Yeah, very much so. Yeah. Um, I had this conversation a lot with my students last semester um, because we, I was doing a genre fiction module with them and so many of the novels that we looked at were, were either or. Like, yeah. it, was, it was very open to interpretation. And even though even though there were core elements of a certain genre present within a certain book, there was still a, but it could be this. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and one really good example of this, I think, is His Bloody Project um, by, I want to say Graham, Graham McRae, but I think I'm forgetting part of his name there, so I need to fact check that. Um, but that is... Um, open quote crime close quote and we studied it as crime but it is made up of differing genre perspectives so it starts with like a a bit of a first person confession and then someone else is writing a medical report and someone else is writing a death report and then towards the back end of the book there are all of these newspaper articles Mm -hmm. Um, it's also set in late 1800s and I'm like so that's not just crime then is it you've got multiple branches of different genres all feeding into it yeah very much so and it it also isn't even one um, narrative style which complicates it again in terms Mm. of categorising it and I don't think that's a problem no Um, yeah I don't think that's a problem at all if anything it made the book more interesting to discuss I was going to say it's when you've got those multiple viewpoints you get different insights into different worlds don't you and it's and those can be a bit more of a want to better with a challenging read yeah. as well you know actually making you think rather than just consume 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 yeah because i think the the thing with genre is that it gives you an idea of convention yes. before you even know what the story is about yeah you have so, a preconception don't you? Yeah, yeah completely so you can and like obviously everyone at this table knows my deep-rooted love of de- detective fiction really i know you i may keep have mentioned i keep it, it low-key i know i don't like to talk about it that much but you know oh my god it's been years since someone called me barnsey I, it just barnsey. slipped out i'm so sorry <laughs> I've never heard that, that was my a-level nickname <laughs> i don't even know that um but but detective fiction you can look at a detective fiction novel and, and say, okay, well, a crime will happen and the police will investigate it. Yeah. They will follow these procedures to investigate it and they either will or won't find the killer. Mm. Like, it's, it, it sets you up with that expectation. Yeah. But when something subverts that expectation, which some detective fiction does Absolutely. very, very yes. well, yeah. it suddenly just makes it a more interesting genre read, yes. I think. Um, that it's given you something that you weren't quite braced for because this isn't what genre fiction does. Mm. Um, but I suppose that's maybe one of the issues with genre fiction is that it it, f- it gives you all of these boxes and if stuff yeah. doesn't fit into it, it's not a good book. Yes. I mean, uh, yeah. 
what you were saying there, I, as I said, I don't really like what's termed high fantasy, mm. but that, you that um, stuff I have read in high fantasy, that, that, what you're saying there very much chimes, you know, there is a path, a set of characters who are going to have this, and it's like, enough already. Yeah. yeah do, do something different. Yeah. Yeah. Variety's spice of life, as they yeah. say. Absolutely, completely. yeah. Yeah, completely. Um, can I ask a question off script? I think so. We don't um, even have a script, no so... A script, and what is that? Um, <laughs> what book, if if any book, are you reading at the moment? Um, I've just started. Now, this is someone I haven't read for... Use a technical term here, donkey's years. Yeah. Um, Standardised measurement of time. Yeah. <laughs> Go back to this abstract thing. Yeah. Um, I've gone back to um, Edgar Allan Poe. Oh! oh! <laughs> <laughs> I do my dissertation on him. Hang on, uh, listeners, just give us a second while Reese flips the table with excitement. Yes. <laughs> Brace. <laughs> Wow. Okay, well, this I really, can die happy now. This really is about to become an extended edition of TV. Yes. <laughs> yes. Oh, mate. Oh. Mate. Like, every, every month, Gothic or Poe gets regular. I'm there, like, That's because Gothic literature is timeless absolutely yes. yeah oh, that is quote of the day yeah it really yeah. really yeah. is i can't remember who i recommended him to recently someone that i was talking to about this that may even been you i'm really sorry yeah. if, we're, <laughs> if we're repeating a conversation we've already had aid. no problem um but um henry james oh turn of the screw yeah, yeah fantastic yeah, yeah henry james it. is like classic gothic ghost storytelling yes. that just doesn't stop being scary or mm. or even like even if it's not scary like unsettling yes um, I know there's a lot of talk about um, like contemporary stories that try and like mimic the success of Victorian stuff um, or like mimic the feel of Victorian stuff yeah. but um, the woman Susan Hill's Woman in Black is yes. the one that I always come back to I don't yes. know whether you've read it uh, yes yeah um, uh. I think that does um, a really good job of mimicking Victorian ghost story yeah. style yeah. Um, and even though even though it didn't scare me when I read it in like a in a gornography yeah. scare sort of way technical term um, <laughs> I'm glad you said that because I was just... <laughs> Dan's like is that a thing that she just <laughs> I was thinking um, did you blend two other words together yeah, but maybe but we should it is a thing it. now <laughs> um so it didn't scare me in that way but I remember like sitting in my room second year of uni on my own and like literally looking over my shoulder as I was reading it because I just felt really unnerved by the storytelling of it um, and Poe is one of the masters of that as Absolutely. far as I'm concerned really is I mean, trying the best it, to keep it contained hopping, <laughs> hopping up and down in the corner Go, going on to sort of modern uh, writers who have successfully dabbled in the, in the mm. gothic, shall we say. I mean, one name I would mention who's started out in horror and now quite sort of unsettling thriller of bleak mm. Okay. Have you come across Phil Rickman? Yes. I haven't. I've heard the name okay. banded around. Yeah, yeah, he started out, like I say, um, very much in the horror genre and has done some really good stuff there. Mm. Um, then he moved more into, I say, it's sort of thriller, possible supernatural. Mm. He's done, he's got a long-running series now with, um, well, his 
in a way that detectives don't necessarily have to be of the police. Yeah. This, uh, his sort of detective oblique identity figure in his series of novels is Merrily Watkins, who is a female priest and the diocesan exorcist for Hereford. Yeah. Oh my god, I already love this. Yeah. <laughs> if you. I love writing where it was. You get that sense almost of claustrophobia. Yeah. Yeah. Even if somebody is writing you about, as he does in some of his books, and then a bright sunny day on the mould, yeah. it always feels what's going to happen yeah. next. Absolutely. And yeah, I can heartily recommend Phil Rick. Okay. Oh, beautiful. I think we should add that to the TBB to read list. Yeah. Try saying that five times first. Oh my god, we should document the list somewhere. I think we, we should, should distribute a reading yes. list. I, I think this, this needs to happen. And most of them are coming from this glorious gentleman here. So. <laughs> I told you the age was good. <laughs> Obviously, we already knew that. Yeah, <laughs> told you. Um, and, and of course, we know you from your poetry as well, performing at places like Dear Listener, Gentle yeah. Book for Charlie's event coming up Absolutely, soon. Absolutely, yeah, two weeks time, <laughs> Sunday. <laughs> and uh, Speakeasy as well, I know you yeah. performed the, um, at the first one of the year, um, on Thursday the... Tw- uh, Thursday Last the- Thursday, yeah. Thursday. I had to think then. <laughs> oh God, that was literally days ago. How yes, it was. <laughs> it feels, feels like, like it was a month ago. It feels I know. like such a long time ago. <laughs> Um, and it's like, I always, because you, we know you obviously, but obviously the listeners may not, but you kind of cover a different range of topics in your poetry, I think. You've got the philosophical ones, and then you've got one about excrement on a train. Yes. I'm not joking, dear listeners. <laughs> Those are all the poems that you could have mentioned. <laughs> you mentioned that one. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> you had yes, to the, uh, mention excrement on a yes, train. My, my poem yes. uh, on the delicate subject of toilets on trains. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it it was the first one that popped into my head because it's memorable. <laughs> oh, well, that's bloody right, yeah. <laughs> um, so I, I'm always fascinated how you come up with those sorts of things. Is it like, are you inspired by what's happening around you, what you see, or have you sort of found your way into different topics? Like, tell us a bit about that. Um... It's a really difficult one to answer, actually. Clearly. <laughs> where, do you, where do your poems come from? Short answer is, I don't know, I've got no control over this. I think that's the same thing for most writers, isn't it? Yeah. So I had a similar conversation with someone yesterday, and I said words to the effect of, I had feelings and I didn't know where to put them. Oh, yeah. That's a really good way of putting so it. So I just, I, just put, I just put them in a poem to see what would happen, yeah. and mm. now I'm here. And, I and you still don't know what to do still, with them. I still don't really know what to do with my feelings but I'm still writing poems so yes. it's worked in that in that respect yeah I know. there is a lot to that needed to the work I think for me it's getting things that are affecting me for want of a better term yeah. uh, things that are going on in your mind in your heart and just think right I need to get these out on, on yeah. paper you know it's I suppose it's, in some ways, it's equivalent to scratching an itch, isn't it? Yeah, I yeah. writing generally is quite a cathartic experience, yes, I think. Yeah. And I think on the flip side, that's so is performing it. Like, yeah. for me personally, I don't know if Aid feels the same. It's like, if you get up there and it may not be the most technically correct poem you've ever written, yeah. and it may not even be polished and finalised, but I think even just getting up there and actually just letting loose all those emotions that are rattling through your system is yeah. pretty... There's something about that. Yeah. yeah. And it's like... 
I, I, yeah, I think, I don't know if you've had it before, Ray, there were certain poems that I've done where I'm like, I come off and I'm knackered yeah. emotionally, but it's, oh, yeah. but it's like, it's kind of like you step off a of badminton court, to use that analogy, like, oh, you've come off after a sports event, you think, that was a really good workout. Yeah. I mean, that's a lovely analogy, but I 10 out of 10 don't know that feeling. <laughs> it's a great feeling. <laughs> until, it, <laughs> until it hits you in the morning after. Yeah. <laughs> Ray and I are like, we don't do the sport. <laughs> Oh, wait, I drink coffee and I read books. Like I drink um, coffee and I read things. I read. <laughs> oh my god, Game of Thrones and, reference. And I fangirl regularly, actually, no daily about Edgar Allan Poe. <laughs> I mean, that's a sport, I suppose. Yeah. So there you go. Sorry. But no, I think there are things that you, that you perform to kind of to purge yourself of them. Yes. Mm. Um, because then whatever it is that you've you've put into that piece and subsequently shared with a room full of people it no longer belongs to just you I'm getting I'm getting very like romantic heady poetry about it but but do you do you know what I mean like as soon as as soon as something's out there it's like not public property because obviously like it's still your intellectual property um but it's public property insofar as you have shared it in a public forum and you are i don't know publicly accountable and there is a poet and i'm trying to remember who it was it might have been edwin muir but don't quote me okay who when asked about you know people's interpretations of his poems was like well, I've got as much control over what people think of my uh, poems yeah. as the apple has, of, you know, as what, you know, apple tree has of what grows out of its seeds. Yeah, yeah, yeah completely. Yeah. I remember once um, performing a piece that, that to me, um, was about taking a leap in a relationship and not being sure. And I'm going back years now, but taking a leap in a relationship and not being sure that you were ready to take that leap. And I think I used like a cliff top mm. analogy for yeah. it. Yeah. Um, and one lady caught me afterwards and said I was really brave to have performed something about suicides. <laughs> And I was like, hmm. And I didn't correct her yeah. because I thought, but you own that interpretation as Absolutely. much as I own, yeah. as much yeah. as I own the intention behind the poem. Yeah. You, yeah. you read into it whatever you will yes. read into it. And I think that's the joy of performance poetry. Yeah. Absolutely, yeah. Um, not necessarily because I know you love reading poetry. I mean, what, how do you feel about the difference between reading poetry and performing poetry? Does like one <laughs> affect you more than the other? To use for what of a better word, I think. Not so much more, but I think differently. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think when it's your own stuff and you're actually performing your own stuff, it's there is that sense of release, that sense of almost a catharsis, but there's also, and I think we all get this, that sense of, oh my God, I'm standing up in front of X number of people. What if they all hate me? Yeah. (laughs) What if they start throwing? Yeah, there is that. Yeah, yeah, there is that. Whereas reading poetry, again, you know, you're trying to interpret the thoughts of somebody who may have lived and died literally centuries ago. Mm. Uh, But again, it can trigger you. Trigger emotions within you. Yeah. Uh, Well, all all good writing does that. Yeah. Yeah, I think you my personal yardstick is does rise you know, does what I'm reading trigger an, an emotional yeah. response. Yeah. Um 
And I suppose in some ways it can sort of inspire you, not necessarily in terms of sort of idea, you know, ideas, yeah. but you know, in terms of, okay, so I'm feeling this, this person who wrote this poem is obviously feeling something similar. Yeah. yeah. I'm not alone. Yeah. yeah. That was exactly what I felt. I mean, I've been performing now, what, two years around? Yeah. And, and the very first time, Charlie was there. Yeah. <laughs> like, Charlie introduced me to I the MC. I saw it all happen. She saw it all happen. <laughs> she saw the car crash that unfolded. No, um, not even. Um, but it was exactly that. Like, I was literally shaking yeah. uh, from like holding the paper in my hand and what yeah. I was reading and I was with you I was like oh my gosh what if this goes completely badly but yeah. then stepping up I was like oh my gosh I got a round of applause that was Absolutely. all I was able yeah. for one person applauding yeah. and I think it's like even just getting up onto the stage and having someone just one person in the audience sit and be engrossed Absolutely. in what you're saying yeah. is the best feeling I'd say Absolutely. the rest of it like I think not not is irrelevant, but it kind of comes a little bit afterwards, like a bonus. Yeah. Like you just see that you're not alone up there. People love what you're doing, admire you, respect you, and as you say, you might be inspired, not necessarily writing wise, but emotionally and, yeah. and yeah. you know spiritually in some ways. Yeah. So. But then some of that is is knowing your audience as well, isn't true. it? True. Like yeah. knowing when you're with people who will empathise or sympathise or uh, I don't know. At the very least, just acknowledge whatever it is that you're expressing yes um even if they don't agree with it or or understand it um because i know that you and i have had this conversation about like certain things that we would read in certain places but not in others Mm. um and i have a poem that i'm going to read um at dear listener this month because because i feel like it will go well at dear listener but the first time i read it was at an audience that i hadn't or with an audience that i hadn't really performed much in front of and it completely sorry for the curse word but it completely fell on its arse Mm. um and like it's a good piece like i feel it i feel it in my gut that it's a good piece but it needs it needs different people yeah yeah Yeah, i completely hear that yeah i mean i know that the term safe space has been so overused it's virtually valueless these days but there are some places where i perform which i would definitely consider a safe space Mm. you know as we said you know there are some poems i would perform i I would be happy performing in front of one audience, whereas at a different audience or a different venue, uh, yeah. I'd be, do I try this one? Mm. Um, yeah. And it can restrict you as well. Yeah, I think you're probably more prone to slipping up or tripping over your own words, yeah. uh, potentially, if, you, if you're conscious about what you're saying. I yeah. think you lose that authenticity in some ways. Yes. Yeah. Um, but again you know your audience and i was i've actually performed a, a in an open air event in the summer too which, much too much too much which is scary <laughs> yeah and it was like is this working i don't know yeah you can't engage with I'm... with the audience as much so but it was it was a good experience though yeah i mean I, I had something similar it wasn't open air but um i ended up basically being the support act for one of my best mates uh, who's in a band and I ended up basically being the support act um, in front of about 100 people in a pub in Brighton good grief okay (laughs) too much too much too much (laughs) I love him even more now (laughs) too much my poetry gremlin just put his hands over his ears and was like no too much (laughs) (laughs) 
Now, I think I think it's time to ask one of the biggest questions. Oh God, you the... ask because I'm not asking it. <laughs> Are you that scared of this question? Yeah. So brace yourself. Only because I really like Aid, and this could change everything. Yeah, Aid. This no could... pressure. <laughs> Aid, seriously, this could make or break the amazing friendship we have. No pressure. Okay. Aid is suddenly like, why did I do this? Why did I sign up for this? <laughs> Where is the nearest exit? I may need to do a rubber. It's times like this, I wish we had a live feed just so people could see Aid's face right now. Literally, literally, Aid has just pulled a face. I don't don't even know how to describe it, but it looks like he's either been kicked in the stomach or swallowed a leopard. I don't know. Or both. Or both. Yeah, maybe we're both. Swallowed a leopard. A leopard? Swallowed a lemon while being kicked in the stomach. Go on, ask it. Get it over with. Go on, then. What is Aid Cooper? Your favourite biscuit. Oh, now this is going to be possibly contentious because. Oh, we look contentious <laughs> because Laid of um, various health conditions. I have, you know, I pretty much have to forswear things like biscuits and sweet things these days. Mm. However, back in the day, I did actually think of, did actually give this some consideration. Mm-hmm. Wow. Um, it's, an, it's an important thing, Dan. It is. Answer yeah. it on a whim. Exactly. <laughs> I'm hitting it. Got to be a ginger nut. I mean, even though it's not a custard cream, no. I, will, I will take someone saying that their ginger nut is a favourite biscuit. Yeah. Second, second on the list. If ginger nut, if a ginger nut wasn't available, it would have to be a malted milk. Nice. Oh, Go for the classic. I do, yeah. yeah, I do like a malted milk. I haven't had malted milk in ages. <laughs> Um, I'm just going to make this more uh, controversial. If you had to choose between a hobnob and a custard cream. Oh, here we go. Ooh. It's the first one of the year. I want to set a bar. It's... Yeah, we've got to. We've got a clean slate. I think. And remember, this could make or break our friendship, Aid. You got really what you're answering is who do you like more, me or Dan? For those of you I'm tuning joking, in, for... I'm joking. That's not. <laughs> for those of you tuning in for the first time, I'm Team Hobnob. Charlie's Team Custard Cream. Yeah. Also known as the winning team. Hush. <laughs> That's a difficult because neither of them were ones that were particularly high. Yeah. I think I dislike custard creams less than I dislike hobnobs. Damn! Yes! <laughs> Uh, I thought you said. I thought you were just going to stop Honestly, that. I dislike when you were like, I dislike custard creams. I was like, no. <laughs> I I always have I always have an issue with things like sort of obnobs. Oh, I'm Digest- glad you said it like obnob. You've missed yeah. out the H. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> and digest. You know, you think is this a biscuit or a piece of MDF? <laughs> yeah, they are. Yeah. But it is a dunkable piece of MDF. <laughs> but you can dunk yes. a custard cream. Yeah. You can dunk um, an obnob. Um, the ginger nut is the absolute paragon of dunking because let's face it, nothing dissolves a ginger nut. True. Yeah, <laughs> ginger is tough. <laughs> absolutely. I will stand by there. <laughs> I know you will, Charlie, for fairly obvious reasons. <laughs> well, that wasn't as hard as I thought it'd be. No, we didn't end up like breaking the windows or flipping tables as no. we did a few months ago. No, so that's all right. Um, we are going to take a very quick break for Dan to recover from his recent loss. Uh, <laughs> It wasn't a loss, it was a narrow defeat. No. Same thing. Synonyms. It's just <laughs> semantics. <laughs> um, All about that semantic. So we're going to take a little break and then we're going to come back with a little outro and, and a thank you to Aid, but we're going to top up on coffee for now. Yeah, and I, tea. And yeah, tea. coffee and tea and ginger nuts. <laughs> <laughs> Hello. 
So we are back from what might have been the most stressful interval that we've had um, to date. Um, because we took, a, we took a brief and relaxing pause for everyone to go to the loo and get more caffeine. And in the interim, Anchor was like, we're just going to try and delete the half an hour of talk that you just recorded. And all of us just had a quiet panic where we started rocking backwards and forwards in our seats. So we are genuinely delighted i don't yeah. think that's an understatement by any stretch um we are genuinely delighted um that I'm we really that we have come to this point of the podcast <laughs> so we can actually give you a podcast episode um because we were all frantically feeling around for what we'd spoken about in the last 30 minutes <laughs> in case we needed to recreate it but then quickly realized that we were so involved with the conversation that we couldn't actually repeat it if we tried to yeah. Yeah. I know Edgar oh. Allan Poe was mentioned, that's yeah. about it. Yeah, Edgar Allan Poe, there was some stuff about detective fiction. I, mem- oh. I remember Conan Doyle being mentioned. Yeah. I ate a thesaurus. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> we'd, we'd, have, we'd have just done another conversation. Yeah, it would have yeah. been fine. different. It would have still been fun. I guess we had court elements, we would have been fine. It was fine. It was fine. We styled it out. We're here. We're great. It's fine. We're just slightly off kilter. <laughs> Um, so a huge thank you to Be The Change yes of course Be The Change for all of their coffee and all of their cake Um, Re had a cappuccino brownie during the interval and looked like she'd never experienced pleasure like it in her life so we are (laughs) 10 out of 10 you know how dodgy that sounds like that Charlie I mean if Dan weren't your other half it'd sound less dodgy (laughs) I may have just thrown a half a harsh one in Dan's direction but it's okay he's taking it while he's just there in the corner uh, laughing that's, that's, how good, that's how good the cake is folks exactly. I love uh, anything right anyone who knows me anything coffee related yes. I'm in my element and if it's like coffee cake like Co- last coffee, night yeah coffee and cake like last night one. Me and Dan went to Zuzu's yeah and we um, and I had for dessert I had tiramisu oh good life choice mm. and I was just there like Good life choice. That's a very good life choice. It, it was a very tasty looking slab of tiramisu, I have to say. Not as good looking as that cappuccino brand. It was very nice. Yeah. I mean, I've devoured that. Um, but I'm purely stressful. It's <laughs> just stress eating during the interval. I was just like, this is gonna work, this is gonna work. If I've got cake. So a huge thank you to Be The Change for having us. Our madness. Yeah, for having for having us in our madness. A huge thank you to the lovely Abe Cooper. Thank you, thank Abe. You. Thank you. For coming and talking poetry with us. Abe, um, tell our listeners where you're next, when and where you're next performing. Well, now I've got to try and remember. It's OK, I think I know the answer. Yeah, <laughs> I, I think it, it'll probably be Dear Listener on the um, 24th. Yeah. 23rd. 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 I was close. Boston Tea Party. Boston Tea Party. 6.30pm. Can yeah. we just like make sure that people are aware that it's Worcester, yeah, and, Worcester, not, and, Worcester and not an other... Yeah, Worcester yeah. Boston Tea Party. Yeah, it's not yeah. it's not one of the seven in Bristol, for example. Yeah, yeah no, yeah. I'm just like, I just realised that. I was like, hmm. Worcester UK, Boston Tea yeah. Party. God, we have to be so precise. Yeah. Yeah. Has anybody got the green reference? Yeah. <laughs> Hold up. <laughs> yeah, if we could give a map reference. Um, so thank you very much for coming and talking books with us. Thank you. And for giving us things to go away and read. Mm. I think that's the most important thing. Yeah, it really is. Yeah, it's been a ton of fun. and um, I've really enjoyed it, so thank you. Uh, do you know, Dan and I both said, for our listeners' benefits, that this has been like one of the most relaxing
text recordings where we both haven't been frantically feeling around for something that might go wrong. Up um, until that Somewhat point. ironically, given the cock-up that happened in the interval, but that's fine. Well, we won't talk about that now. Yeah, it's, it's fine. Yeah. It's off air. It, you worry too much. It, it works. We really do. Yeah, we really do worry too much. <laughs> okay, we've all got anxiety. Yeah, yeah, yeah. too much. But to close us... Um, instead of Dan and I flipping a coin to see who has to do all of the social medias, um, we've actually passed it over to Ree. Because I'm the social media because, girl. Yeah, because she is our social media guru. So Ree's going to tell you where to find us on the social medias. And I'm going to be internally screaming because of how long these usernames are. I wasn't involved in the podcast until this, uh, until you know this point, and I'm just oh. take a deep breath. Take a deep breath. Right, Instagram. Oh, we're getting the big one okay. out of the way. Yeah, I'm just there, like, I'm looking at it, and I'm there, like, <laughs> right, so it is key underscore biscuits underscore books underscore podcast. If you want the longest Instagram handle in history, ask Dan to set up your account. Feelings <laughs> <laughs> are all taken. Right. In future, ask your girlfriend. Advice on it. Oh, sass. <laughs> Saucer of milk over there. <laughs> Since when did this come into tear down apart characteristically, Cass? It's now we've got to the end of the segment. Okay, uh, our natural dislike for each other is still. <laughs> I'm joking, we all love each other we dearly. Do. I'll take that we back. Do. We have many coffee dates, it's all good. Yeah. Right, Twitter. Oh, this is much nicer. It is. At, and this is all capitals. Apart, yeah. Is that all capitals or is it just the TBB it's, bit? Uh, just, just the TBB bit. Sorry, I'm trying to just get your handwriting. Um, Good look. At, so, all capitals, TBB underscore, and then lowercase, pod. Easy. Easy. Dead easy. And then, email. Oh, yeah, because we do that. We're in the dark ages. Yeah. We're only, we do email as well, which, Ooh. you know, is great. So, for any of you who are not very social media. Yeah. Yeah, if you don't want a social media us, you can email us. Mm-hmm. But hey, I respond to a lot of social media Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Do a lot of social media stuff, so who wouldn't want to? Right, email. Key, so it's all lowercase. Key biscuits, books, podcasts at gmail.com. Beautiful. And that's that. So no, it isn't. No, you missed no, Facebook. It isn't. Well, where's the Facebook one? Because I think it's on the other page, God actually. damn it, Dan! <laughs> no, no, oh. Muppet forgot to write it on the yeah. Facebook. Okay, so if you want to find us on the Facebook, if you just search for Tea Biscuits and Books Podcasts... We should pop up. We should, yeah. we should pop up pretty quickly. Um, That's my fault. I'm just sorry. as um, <laughs> a, a, a latter-day plug, Aid, what is your Twitter handle for anyone who wants to get in touch with you? Okay, um, Twitter is at... This is all lowercase... AKC underscore zero one two three. Beautiful. Dan, what's your Twitter handle? So it's at DJ Burton zero zero seven or lowercase. Beautiful. Um, and yours, Charlie? Um, mine is um, at Charlie Blogs, um, but that's Charlie spelled C H A R L E Y. Ree, what's your Twitter handle? Mine is at Little Ree, so it's a capital L, Little Ree Ree underscore. Beautiful. Hey. So if you want to get in touch with any of us on the Twitter, um, which I guess is the easiest way to get in touch with Not most probably. of us, to be yeah. honest. To be fair, yes. Yeah. Um, so you are welcome to uh, respond to the podcast or throw some recommendations at us. And do you know if there's anything that you want to hear more about, you can get in touch with us that way mm-hmm. um, we will be back 
on oh, the, um, the 2nd of February, which beautiful. is the first Sunday of February. We're actually back to normal first Sunday of the month. Yeah. Hallelujah. Business as usual. So we took this month <laughs> off because of how close it was to New Year. Cause we took we the were... month off. <laughs> we did yeah, have like from the, from, the, from the first Sunday. Yeah. Um, just so we could all recover and so everyone else could recover. But it's business as usual from February. Yep. We will be back with another guest. And I think that's everything. Did well, I forget anything or are we no, good? I think that's pretty much it. Mm-hmm. Just to say thank you once again to Aid. Thank mm-hmm. you. I've really enjoyed it. Thank you, Aid. And thank you, listeners. Bye. Bye. Bye.